My, what a glorious day. There has never been such a day. Say there, you lad. Yes, sir. Are you talking to me? And take three. Yes, indeed. Buy me a goose. The biggest goose in all of London. Camera three, follow the coin all the way down. Oh, I got it. Holy shit, that's Frank Cross. He's drunk. He's oh nuts. <laughs> He's finished. Ah, shut up. Don't touch that dial. Welcome to Against All Oddities, the podcast about three brothers coming to terms with the oddly true and the truthfully odd. Welcome to Against All Oddities annual Christmas special. So, join us as we get festive and talk about the ghosts of Yule. This year, we take on Charles Dickens by talking about the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. So, pour yourself some wizard nog, grab some sugar plums, and a barrel of oysters, because this is Against All Oddities. Hey, hey, shut up. Hey, hey, we're like friends running into each Hello, listeners. I'm so glad to run into you outside of this Waffle House uh, dumpster that we've been at. I'm so surprised to see you. But it's uh, it's like seeing old friends again. And I, I can't wait to catch up and tell you all about the Christmas ghost of December 2023. Christmas special. Special, 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 special. It's December. We're doing a Christmas thing. Curses. Curses. Yeah, this, specials. To, to, so I'm I'm thinking that semicolon Christmas special, semicolon the ghosts of Yule. So yes, yes. So the hauntification about of the ghosts of Yules. And you know, um, I think we're gonna pull like a Charles Dickens type of thing, and we're gonna talk about the ghosts of Christmas past present and future so we all kind of we all kind of came at this with a different technique but we're going to keep it interesting we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff you'll understand it will soon enough hey we're the number one uh indie philosophy uh podcast on good pots this i mean come on (laughs) i think we've gotten that award several months several (laughs) months at this point and Uh, we're gonna we should get t-shirts made since I don't think Good Pods is going to send us one so our family knows that we're successful podcasters. Because you know they're not listening. <laughs> they, well, some of, they tell other people to listen and then get the catch up from their friends. I will say for the punt episode from last time, mm-hmm. OMG, I got a lot of positive, a lot of uh, different reactions. I was going to say positive. Maybe not all of them positive. Not all positive. But I got but a different. lot of reaction to the the airplane bathroom story anyway uh we may have uh caused accidents on 495 or almost did so i I appreciate our listeners for for uh listening to it and putting up with our our terrible bathroom humor yes it does happen from time to time uh but honestly sorry not sorry you wanted it you got it um so yeah so why so we're talking about ghosts we thought dickens for this christmas special and i think we are thinking about it because 
for you know whatever reason there is this kind of tradition of the ghost stories of christmas past it's time of renewal right chris like yeah i mean yeah. it's it's just historically it's like there's been a lot and so uh i'm going to talk a little bit about that in my section of of the the past so i'm i'm not telling a ghost story i'm talking about the ghost of christmas in a way uh but before we put the yule back in yuletide uh we maybe what have you what have you been up to what have you been up what to? have you been up to uh i got food poisoning on monday and so that's kind of my whole life right of now note, today today is wednesday i know today what did you eat Chris, what did you eat did you stores? go to china Panda? i think it's a jimmy dean sausage biscuit from an it's like a circle k that was a improvised uh, move that i'm not 100 sure but Marathon i will steak. say gas station meats are a brave brave treat that know, all three of us thinking. enjoy and we actually have an unreleased meats episode we talk about it at length about the roller i know meats. we should probably we'll get that out there it's on the patreon that we don't tell people about and the yeah, only people are on patreon. it are, are the three of us the three we have to page period <laughs> so i got that going my other thing is i have successfully sleep trained a child so this kid what's has, that mean uh, Zah. Three nights in a row, he's gone to bed at 7 p.m. and does not make a noise until 7 a.m. You How much uh, uh, gnashing me. of teeth and tears was it to get there? The first day was an hour and a maybe an hour or so. Second Great. day, a little less. And then now, I mean, knock on wood, last night, Did you 7, sleep? AM, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. without so much as a noise. Did you sleep? I mean, I would have slept more if I didn't have food poisoning. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your curse. But, that's you know, true. we actually ended up paying a sleep consultant. Not very much. It wasn't, like, too involved. But, like, wow. it's okay to be a little bougie. Uh, we needed that's a not a bougie thing. That's we needed like a third person. Thing. Because it's, like, it became a thing where it's going to be me versus Meredith on a lot of stuff. And that was not going to be good. Especially since I have different concerns than she does. And we're both weak when it comes to crying babies. Because we're yeah. old. So, yeah. we don't, you know, we're weak. And our peace and quiet means a lot so anyway it was it was it's been, <laughs> knock on wood it's been like i had dinner with meredith by ourselves and we watched a tv show for the first time in over half a year uh, i believe we had some movie recommendations on a on an episode and you hadn't seen my number one recommendation i can watch it now why haven't you i haven't this is this is new information this is you know what show i like talking about shows uh that i got into um yeah and binge watched was the silo have you heard of that no mm -hmm. worth looking up well we're it, on to you nate what's up what's the yeah, silo what, have you, what have you been up to oh nothing small business owner trying yeah this starting a company just st startup startup mode talking it was funny i'll tell you this so like <clears throat> i've been using chat gpt maybe a little too much and <laughs> some of my friends like a friend of mine was an accountant or a tax specialist and she was like Hey, will you come into our accounting firm? Let's you need to talk to accountants. And then I went in there and they're like, so, you know, looking at my stuff, like, oh, you know, you're going to be taxed like four times. And also, who's your lawyer? I was like, chat GPT. <laughs> they're like, they're like, they're accountants. So there was no laughter. There was just a furrowing of brow. <laughs> so, so I had to go to a lawyer today. And they're like, oh, accounts worry about anything. Anyway, how much, can, you know, how many hours can we charge you for this? I was like, oh. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, see, it seems more official. And uh, 
the uh, I haven't turned on the website or anything yet, but I keep I bought most of the domains in the name. It might not stay forever, but Aura Energy is the official name so far. Chris sent some logo uh, ideas. So what does Aura Energy do? In case any of our our listeners are... We make mission-critical power distribution equipment. Or will in in six months from now. So there you go, people. I like that. If you add mission-critical to anything, it helps. Because I make mission-critical breakfast burritos on Saturday. Yeah, Chris Chris did not have a (laughs) mission-critical. Chris had an opposite. I just had a critical breakfast. (laughs) Failure. Like, what's, like, the, the alarm? <laughs> like, if you have different body alarms, yours is the red submarine, like, light that comes on. <laughs> no, it's, or, like, the Star Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the mess up thing is, like, I didn't throw up, but I was, like, almost throwing up all day Monday, and I was, like, you know, black ink is just coming out of my body. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, so gross. I yeah, I, I, got, I bet after we, we talked about the... the the small private plane or, or corporate jet bathroom experience last time. You know, I was just thinking, I bet the uh, bathroom on the Millennium Falcon was really gross. Chewbacca? Yeah. <laughs> like the whole thing, you know, Han and Chewbacca are not cleaning the bathroom. It's like, it's like, I mean, there's a whole mode. unspoken relationship between <laughs> Han and Chewie and the <laughs> yeah, whole idea of dingleberries. And Bachelor. I was thinking, yeah, what yeah, if yeah. he just goes to the airlock and they just release it and he hangs onto a bar like Chewie does? And then, like, he can <laughs> well, shit that's, into you know, space. That's how they flush it, you know? You know they're just opening a little door. But uh, <laughs> I, know it was, I saw a cartoon the other day that was like a, a comic strip. And uh, Han Solo was like, "Thanks for like bringing me to meet your family, Chewie." And then he opened the door, and they all had clothes on. And Han looks at Chewie, and Chewie goes, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he was naked the whole time. <laughs> all the other, all the other Wookies wore clothes. <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. Man. Yeah, yeah, the bandolier. Yeah, All right. just describing a stupid Star Wars cartoon, we can laugh. That's how wonderful we are. What's up with you, Tom? What have you been up to since last week? The punt episode. Uh, I'd say a handful of small things. Uh, the personal, I'm in a, I'm in a bulking phase with exercise because it's a lot easier than cutting calories. Uh, you add calories. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> more important. Cookie butter. Um, but part of that bulking phase, I decided to venture into making the wizard nog and if you haven't checked out our youtube video for a uh, wizard nog it's pretty good um, i went to a party of a a person that has wealth to a point that i will never appreciate it comparison is the uh is the thief of joy so i i have learned to just turn off any of that and just show up to these places and he had bottles of wine and liquor and stuff that probably cost more than i make in a month so how do I keep up with that when I show up with a gift for somebody like this? A four-year-old Scotch bonnet bonsai. You can't buy that shit. I bonsai that shit for four years, and it had peppers on it. And uh-huh. that for bringing liquor, I'm not going to bring a bottle of Jack. I'm not going to bring a bottle of wine that I got at Aldi's for $4. I yes, made Wizard should. Nog, yes. and it was a fucking hit. Everybody yeah. loved it. it. It got drained immediately, and I had Everyone requests. loves a Wizard Nog. I had requests for more i yeah. made a triple recipe which made 10 16 ounce jars and four of them are now gone because of that party yeah um, so, so check I, out our our video on that because it's good and it's a historically accurate 
it's like it's close to Washington, George Washington's recipe, right, Nate? Or I, I did have some disdain because uh, I, I sent the video to many friends that uh, Mary's parents' recipe, and this goes back to George Washington, by the way. Yeah, that's what recipe. I thought. But yeah. the uh, it says uh, whiskey, not bourbon. And I had several very angry complaints about that. I will give you a secret. I'm putting Evan Williams in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which no, you know what I used? <laughs> I used um I used Jack Daniels, and but, yeah. um, so I bought a liter bottle of Jack, and I bought cognac, and then I uh, made a double recipe, and it turns out one liter is more than four cups. <laughs> and I used to, so I made a double recipe and I walked, I had to go pick the kids up and then I came back into the house and the whole house smelled like liquor. I was like, what is that? <laughs> so I actually had to make a third recipe with no whiskey in it and just a little bit of the cognac and then mix that into it just to take it down from whatever it was to 20%. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is, I don't even like eggnog, but I love this. I drink a yeah, whole, it's delicious. Pretty much a whole jar. I'm trying I have to make it for my in-laws every Christmas. Yeah, the, it's great. The, uh, the problem is there are more calories in that than yes. uh, the giant large. Well, that was the whole point of it is it's winter yeah. time. You know, you don't have a harvest anymore. Chickens aren't laying, you know. You, yeah, you so you need as many and... calories as you can possibly get to get through the winter. Yeah. In That's brief, the, the triple the triple recipe: eighteen eggs, uh, three cups of heavy whipping cream, three cups of half and half, six cups of milk, and three cups of sugar. <laughs> three <laughs> cups of sugar is a lot. Well, of sugar. actually, maybe it was. Yeah, it was, no, it was a little less. It was like two. So anyway, now also separately, last update: I um I have to get a crown removed. The and gold it's one. A, it's a gold one. I have three. Are you gonna melt it into a coin? I don't know what I'm going to do with it, um, but they have to cut it in half to get it off. So all day, I then like picking at it, hoping I could just pop it off because this piece they're of gonna, shit. You can keep it. They'll tell them you want to keep your gold tooth. Yeah, they, they're they going to give it to me, but they're going to cut it in half and give me two halves of a gold tooth. Instead yeah, so of you a melt it tooth. and pour it into an against all oddities gold coin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe. Speaking then, of which, I mailed out five coins at the the time of this recording so watch out friends so maybe if you email wizard at dorfuga.com chris will send you a coin yeah you gotta give me some razzle dazzle um and then before we get started on our christmas uh just a, a couple shout outs that um i actually participated in podcasters assemble with zach deuce and eric slater discussing uh a christmas story Hmm. so keep an eye out for podcasters assembled um we were on the neat cast our 12 ranks of christmas is now published uh so go check out the neat cast we're on there they also did uh, um the world is my burrito with Corey. um he had a rant and he has a new episode uh, about godzilla minus one so if you're on the fence listen to that and he will convince you to go to see it um also the podcast i've already mentioned go check them out as well uh, anyway, I feel like we should jump to some curse missing. Yes, curse. I don't know what our Christmas music is, but it is playing right now. So, <clears throat> yeah, Christmas special. You know, we're thinking the ghost stories of of Christmas. You know, like what's that all about? And or well, just to explain, just to explain. So, we are currently recording in a situation where I have to drift in and out of the recording. So, here's a couple bits just in case for Chris to use. Oh, no way! 
<laughs> that was a doozy. Um, I never saw, I thought of it that way. How does that apply to astral projection? Or does it? Never mind. Don't worry about it. I don't think that one's that funny. <laughs> I actually agree with that. I agree with that a lot. Uh, no, remember that time Nate did that and somebody punched him in the mouth? So I have Ghost of Christmas Pass. So instead of digging up like some old Victorian story to talk about, I decided to switch it up. And instead, I'm going to talk uh, about the actual Ghost of Christmas Past. Um, and it started off because I wanted to know why ghost stories, which are, you know, typically more associated with the fall or Halloween or Samhain or whatever you want to call it, kind of ended up being a Christmas tradition. Like, what's that about? When did it start? So uh, I'll tell the long story in a second, but the short story, uh, I think, is um, so Charles Dickens sort of invented Christmas as we know it. Uh, the, you know, we're doing this Charles Dickens Three Ghosts of Christmas. It's a fact. Charles Dickens, that story, A Christmas Carol, kind of gave us the imagery that we still associate with Christmas today. Like the 1840s. Chris, can I point out, mm -hmm. before you get too far into it, have you ever had complex or pissed off or bullied because you were a Hans Dickinson, A Christmas Carol? No, <laughs> no. I, I, I feel like someone tried, but it just didn't stick. I got it a couple of times. My name wasn't Chris. And like, yeah, what are you I, doing it's not Carol? very good. Is the I thing. got no, it, it's but not, it's not but even worth a chuckle. Like, no one's yeah. whatever. But I thought of the three of us, Chris is more likely to like get yes, it more no, than it, it makes sense, and I can claim it, but like I just feel like your no middle name's like, hey, Muss, which great. is really funny, too. Christopher Muss Carroll. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> That's so stupid. That's a great middle name. <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> Christopher Moss Carol, you get in here right now. <laughs> anyway, so um, long story short, uh, I, I think the actual ghost of Christmas is it's pagan, the, the pagan holiday Yule that obviously uh, was buried underneath the uh, Christian holiday Christmas. But I wanted to tell kind of a funny story about that with a, it, it kind of meanders through history a, a little bit. Um, I don't know if this is piquing your interest. It probably is not. <laughs> um, but um, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit because I have to talk a little bit about English history, which obviously I don't know anything about. And maybe you don't know anything about. Uh, it's like, like Western world. Lit. Hey, Chris, let's just pretend we're idiots. Like pop quiz. Who's Oliver Cromwell? No, without Googling it, isn't he related to Walter Copperpot? Yeah. <laughs> Chesterfield? Yeah. Chesterfield Look, anyway, Copperpot? I don't know shit anyway. So I had to, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep it simple because we're all stupid, right? So Oliver Cromwell, kind of a douchebag. <laughs> he was, there was a time when King Charles was executed. Uh, when was that? Before, Charles II came back that there was no monarchy in England. When is this? And, like in Victorian times? Or? Yeah, 1658 is when Cromwell Way died. Way before that. Yeah, yeah. So we're, yes, we're talking about like the mid 1600s, right? Mid 17th century. Um, Did they like and, Christmas geese? I want a Christmas goose. Well, that is what that is what we're talking about because the Christmas goose came out of the Dickens story, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so bear with me. So I want to talk a little bit about Cromwell, who was Lord and Protector in England, 1653, right? So there's a civil war. The king was 
declared a traitor. Uh, he was assassinated. I have some really great pictures of his beheading. Um, Cromwell is now in power. He is not a king. He is the Lord Protector, and he's there for eight years, and then he dies, and his son inherits the role, but then his son sucks, and the monarchy comes back. So this is the eight years in England in its whole history where it is not a monarchy. He, Cromwell, was a Puritan, uh, which comes into play here. You know, Puritans like the pilgrims. They don't the like fun. Yeah, real fun dude, this Cromwell. Um, actually, fun, after I he died, his body was that. dug up. His rotting corpse was dug up and hung from a tree. It's how popular he was um, in England. But anyway, so Oliver Cromwell is a Puritan. Real quick recap, Puritans were Protestants. They wanted to purify the church of England and the Roman of any Roman Catholic practices that they thought was still there. And they believe that the church of England was too Catholic and reformation, uh, reformation was not complete until they needed to go to, a, to the United States or not United States. Well, they did, time, but they the wanted basically because, you know, you it wasn't enough. Like terrible. they're kind of like, it's not enough. They're like basically extremists. Right. And like yeah. they wanted to do more stuff. So, uh, and it's true, like the, there's Cromwell and the Puritans in England, and it's the same Puritans in America um, that came over on the Mayflower with the Pilgrims. Uh, so the difference between Cromwell and those Puritans is he had power. And so here's some of the things he did when he was in charge. He did a lot of banning. He banned theater because it was mm. a form. He, he saw entertainment as a form of sin. So no theater. Uh, he banned bear baiting because it was a form of entertainment, <laughs> which is kind of fucked up. Well, Chris, Chris, you know, if you uh, bait more than three bears, three bears at once, it's mass bear baiting. <laughs> it's so good. Mass bear baiting. <laughs> mass bear baiting. What are you doing in there? <laughs> Nothing. Are you mass bear baiting? <laughs> 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 You're mass bear baiting. Shut up! <laughs> that actually might be a pretty good neat cast episode i bet they're all mass bear baiters uh yeah if they were a youtube channel they would uh they'd probably have been wait hold on if they have a sale right now uh like we could probably get the mass bear baiting duck (laughs) is there a bear is there a bear sound you can add to that yes Can every can you say uh bear with me a bunch of times throughout the thing so you can add a bear sound? Well bear with me right now. (laughs) now. (laughs) That's that is bear baiting when you try to get me to say bear. I I was just bear baiting. So okay, so he also banned sports. So if you were like caught playing a sport on a Sunday, you'd be whipped. Uh he banned working in general on Sundays. He banned makeup. And like soldiers would patrol the town and like scrub makeup off people's faces if they saw it. (laughs) But most importantly, and where I'm going with this, is he banned Christmas uh, because he wanted to put the Christ back in Christmas. (laughs) He he did not want these pagan people would do a lot of feasting. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, it should not. Why should you drink eggnog and have fun and give presents? Yeah, well, that's and this is where I'm kind of getting in with the with the you know the the kind of whitewashing of the pagan traditions that were still living on in you know on the island Yule yeah uh, underneath this guys and a lot of that like the Yule log the Yule tree Christmas tree the feasting on whatever supplies you had oh no way you know I mean 
and all this, you know, these ghost stories were probably part of that because you think about like, you have to picture yourself a long time ago in a pre-Christian society in the, you know, near Wales or something. And it's dark. It's the longest night of the year. You're sitting around a campfire with your family eating the, you know, the last of the rations from the summer's harvest. And you're going to celebrate this, the peak of darkness by, well, A, you have the candles and you have like uh, the Yule logs, which are forms of protection, you know, um, but you're going to tell ghost stories. Like you're going to talk about the dark stuff in the dark time, right? And hey, so you're also sitting around a fire. There's no electricity. I mean. like, you're, it's dark. And what else are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's like a kind of part, it's always been part of Christmas because it's always been part of the Yule time of year, like this pre-Christian pagan holiday, right? Um, I never saw, I thought of it that way. So anyway, um, Cromwell comes in, he bans Christmas because he thinks Puritans, and, and of course America followed anything that England was doing at this time. So like it happened over there too. So no feasts, no Christmas goose, no trees, no anything like it. And because of this and this is kind of i didn't know about this and maybe some other people didn't know christmas fell by the wayside it was a very boring holiday no one really celebrated it when they did it wasn't very fun it was like we get to go to extra church there was recommendations of fasting <laughs> during that day extra church <laughs> it was yes. like basically a super forgettable holiday um, yeah. until a century and a half later when charles dickens wrote the christmas story done 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 like industrial revolution at the same time that charles dickens came out right like yeah. well, that, well that's kind of what i'm getting at is i think so charles dickens that story hits home with a lot of people uh and it was very successful he wasn't successful before that story um but here's another argument i'm about to make the christmas story a christmas carol sorry a christmas carol is not about christmas it's about the pre-christian pagan holidays hiding in they the only time christmas is mentioned in the entire thing is twice once in the story and once is what day is it it's it's like little temp or or that guy is like why it's christmas tiny day. Like, that guy tiny we'll go, like, go by the biggest goose and you know like played by mary lou retton right <laughs> <laughs> or i keep thinking the disney but it's Christmas Eve. Oh, it's Christmas Day. But uh, so that that's the only time. There's no mention of Christ. There's no mention anywhere. And I think that's really interesting because everything in that story is what we base our current cultural idea of Christmas around. It's not. That was a doozy. I don't know. It's. I feel like, like I thought that was really interesting. Uh, so I have a couple... Um, Oh, you haven't even gotten to the from, story yet. And so if you look back, and why I kind of started thinking about this, is the who was the first ghost that visited Ebenezer Scrooge? It was the ghost of Christmas past. If you see the original um, illustrations, and I could pull them up, actually. I love the comedian lady that is the Scrooge Christmas past that keeps hitting him in the face. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in so long. No, that's the Christmas present. The past is the taxi driver. That mm. smoke cigars. What's his name? It's worth watching again. I, I will watch it again. It was good. But in the original story, it was, uh, I can pull up. Um, do you see that? Yeah. Very pagany. You got, we got fruits and like <laughs> bountiful foods and feasts. This giant man in green covered in leaves. And I'll, I'll read. This is from the book. Um, 
uh, when the when the description of the ghost when it appears, it was his own room. There was no doubt about that, but it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were hung with living green, that it looked a perfect grove, from every part of which bright gleaming berries glistened. The crisp leaves of holly, mistletoe, and ivy reflected back the light, as if so many little mirrors had been scattered there, and such a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney as that dull petrification of a hearth had never known uh, in Scrooge's time, or Marley's, or for many and many a winter season gone heaped up on the floor to form a kind of throne where turkeys, geese, game, poultry, brawn, great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long wreaths of sausage, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red hot chestnuts, cherry-cheeked apples, uh, juicy orange luscious pears, immense twelfth cakes, and seething bowls of punch that made the chim- chamber dim with their delicious steam. In easy state upon the couch, there sat a jolly giant, glorious to see, with who bore a glowing torch in shape, not unlike Plenty's horn, and held it up high um, to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping around the door. How does that apply to astral projection? Or does it? Never mind. Don't worry about it. So, you know, uh, it's a sacred, it's like a sacred grove that has the summer's feast preserved and presented to him. Um, And again, I I, I think it's just this like, the story of Christmas comes from this, that imagery, those words like that stuff and not something else um, I find is really revealing. And I think that's why we tell ghost stories is it kind of goes back to that holiday um, that Cromwell and these like kind of Christian extremists like uh, tried to remove and make into this kind of very strict and aesthetic like monkish day uh so the real ghost of christmas past is like this kind of hidden narrative like you know i joke put the yule back in yuletide but it's it is kind of like we all i mean the, the moral of the christmas story is to like um it's almost like anti-capitalistic in a way and, and like very pro like human spirit uh which um well, I don't, I don't know if it's anti-capitalistic. I think that what you had, it's uh, the at the time when the Industrial Revolutions, people yeah. are leaving the farms and going into cities yeah. and then working, you know, terrible hours in the environment city and, you know, mm-hmm. everything, everything kind of changed into this like more industrial kind of like Joe versus a volcano styleness. And so, you know, you look at the past as being lush as in part of the land or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the present, uh, we'll get into the, like, like, I think it's, it's, it's all about living in the present and yeah. enjoying life and loving and taking care of people. And then the, because the, the future, if you don't, is kind of scary. Right. So yeah, I don't think that one's that funny. Interesting. I, 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 don't like know. I don't know if any of that was interesting. I just, I kind of just went down a rabbit hole because I was like, what is, why are we telling ghost stories at Christmas? I think that's real. I love telling ghost stories at Christmas. I don't really know why. And I kind of went down this rabbit hole of like, where, what is Christmas? Like, as we know it, like, it's where a reflection the... is why, because it's yeah. not necessarily just Christmas. It's, you know, we, we come up to the new year at the same time, right? Well, and yeah. so the climax of the year is Christmas. And but, then, but I think it also boom, like it's, it's also the darkest time of the year. You know, it's the mm-hmm. it is like it. 
you know, Halloween is known for its scary stories, but that's just the beginning of the season. What else are you going to do in the dark? Like I said, that's yeah. where language and everything came from uh, in intelligence and people. Was after we figured out fire, we're like, oh, ooga booga. Mm, ooga, <laughs> ooga booga booga. And you start like, well, blah, 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 because you can stay up later and chill out. And, and then, that's why a quest for fire, the movie, is a Christmas fantastic. story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you really want to go in the past, goes to Christmas past, it's Ron Perlman with a fur like 1970. <laughs> His first movie. <laughs> oh, man. That was a lot of people's first movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I liked it. 1981. I thought it was a little earlier than that. Yeah. Ron Perlman's, I mean, he's got to be 72, I guess. Uh, so all of our listeners, you should make a point to watch Quest for Fire. <laughs> Maybe. There's no spoken words a, in the whole movie. No, they did do a really good job. Um, they Remaining did a really, naked for the entire movie. The, there, were a lot, there was a lot of nudity. But I really thought that they did the, where they dressed up the real elephants as woolly mammoths. mammoths like they just coated real elephants which and then they had the saber tooth tiger with like there's, was this a tiger with like paper mache there's no way you can get away with that now with yeah. animals but if you want to see you know hopefully or that the only female in the whole movie was naked the entire time Ray, and it's Radon chan it's yeah the, uh, uh chong's daughter yeah Cheech and Chong, Chong's daughter <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole thing i think i saw that hung over with ben Custer one day and then we like could not could could not get a grip on it. Like, it's so was, good. It's so like, good. What and am I like... watching? It gets like Ron Perlman. It was like soften that brow. <laughs> we said we said one million BC, not a billion. <laughs> a, yeah, they had the DK you know, like, man Ron yeah, Perlman. Yeah. I actually agree with that. I agree with that a lot. Uh so is it my turn? Yes. So <clears throat> so I had the ghost of Christmas presents, right? Uh -huh. so i'm taking uh i've been listening to way too much of uh bob thurman's podcast so i'm going ghost of christmas presents from a buddhist perspective uh, uh and i we didn't become the number one philosophy podcast yeah, for no we, reason. yeah we gotta go in there deep uh if you haven't heard it or heard him i, th I think i'm not actually gonna steer you to the, the podcast Look up Bob Thurman's TED Talk uh, from about 15 years ago mm. of like anyone can be a Buddha. And he's crazy. And, and like <clears throat> sometimes what if he gets off topic, he sounds like Kermit the Frog. He starts talking like this. And he's one of the original um, 60s people that went to India to find stuff, except he didn't find anything like Bob Roth. Uh, uh, Ram Dass and a lot of those other guys came back and found gurus and stuff. And uh, he Bob Thurman was there with them, but mm -hmm. and he he uh, but he didn't like it. He eventually went to Tibet and found Tibetan Buddhism, uh, or not all. He found the Dalai Lama, I guess, and he's yeah. the number two guy. And he he loves he his like stories are great. And I was listening to one, and I I couldn't find a really good story to tell, but I was listening to him talk about the Tibetan Book of the Dead and womb blocking, and womb blockers. Mm -hmm. and stuff and so like there's this whole process like i don't know how they figured it out but in tibetan buddhism like when you die it's like you have seven days of reflection and then you have 21 days to get back and you depending on how you lived your life there's like this karmic cycle of you can be in more of like a, a hungry ghost 
which is a big thing in Buddhism, by, way, by the way, it's yeah. a hungry ghost that can never be full and has a tiny mouth or something. Or you could be an animal or like you hopefully are reincarnated as a person and it takes like 200,000 times to get to you where you are yeah. now and you can screw it all up. But there's practices you could do now in meditation. So when you die, uh, you won't just be reincarnated the first chance you get instinctively. You can take a pause and be like, all right, I yeah. might want to talk to some dead people or some like bodhisattvas or whatever, and then uh, choose the life that I'm going to live instead of randomly going in one. But my favorite thing was his warning of like, well, you don't want to wait too long or whatever, like his voice, but you could end up in a horse and, or whatever. And I was talking to Mary, Mary about this. is like, but can I choose horse? <laughs> It's like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually read it. I just listened to Bob Thurman explaining it. But anyway, there aren't any good, uh, there's like lots of good Buddhist stories, but I couldn't find one that reads well. And I actually got ChatGPT to redo some stories for me, nice. like as a bedtime story. So it actually plays, but still I didn't like it because it was still a little too chat GPT, if that sounds right. Like it's a little too glossy. I didn't. I didn't like it. So uh, I did. I did have one that talks about. And by the way, I apologize for everything I'm mispronouncing. It's never gonna. I try to look at the pronunciations or whatever. Uh, and <clears throat> there's. And I'll explain it later of the different uh, chadpa, uh, which is like show rituals. Whatever. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's, I'm gonna butcher this. But I'm gonna tell you the story. And I chose this one because it's about three brothers, right? Uh -huh. So <clears throat> the, this is the story. This is through, this is a Buddha story, but uh, the story of how three Chodpa exorcists tamed the Yakshini, which is a female arm giver or local land spirit. That was a doozy. All right. All right. <clears throat> and I'm not going to thought about talking this in an accent. <laughs> we would get, yeah, please. We would get paid. Fans from YouTube. Yeah, that's whatever. our Christmas gift to our <laughs> like listeners. Our gift, Christmas gift is, I will not, like, I will, I will not, I'll try to be culturally respectful because I love, absolutely love the culture. So don't get me wrong. All right. So anyway, um, long ago in a big nomadic re region in the Amdo, there was a family of three brothers. Not only were all three brothers very religious, but they were they had devoted themselves exclusively to the practice of meditation. One day, the three brothers heard a very holy lama was supposed to be coming to their area to give an empowerment for the chode practice. So it's <laughs> no C comment. C H and O with two dots over it. D. And okay. I looked it up. I asked all kinds of AI things to tell me how to pronounce. Chode is the best I get. So I hopefully our few listeners will correct me. No, I, sometimes it edit, is what it is. Maybe you can auto-tune chode like <laughs> so it's how I pronounce it right. I don't know. So anyway, after discussing whether or not they should go receive the empowerment and having agreed that they should, the three brothers went on their way. Uh, all those receiving the empowerment were required to visit 100 mountains. 100 spirit haunted uh, hauntings and 100 uh, charnel ground power places as part of the practice. The three brothers vowed to do so and applied themselves to accomplishing the profound chode. 
that they had received. Now, as they had promised, they had to travel to a rugged and isolated spirit-haunted spot. But the three brothers uh, well knew traveling to such a place was not all that easy. When one practices chode, as is customary in the chode tradition... <laughs> every time. Every time. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I seriously love the sculpture. I wish I had. I have actually have a friend from Bhutan... <laughs> And, I, and he somehow lives in the Virginia instead of Bhutan. And I was like, why would you move here? Why would you come here from Bhutan? It's like, yeah. come on. But but anyway, I should, I'll ask him next time I uh, talk to him how, or make him like listen to this. All right. <clears throat> in the Cho tradition, one must visit various power spots uh, that are home to all sorts of harmful demons, like Yen, Sen, Dondra, and so on. Since all of the brothers went to the practice at the same time, there would be difficulties for the family. The brothers resolved that they would not go all at once, but would go in stages one by one, with one brother going only after the previous one had accomplished the practice, uh, and the other two brothers uh, rendered service to the one practicing. So basically, they took turns going to the whatever demon place because, you know. Yeah, you can't take care of the family if all yeah, three brothers you're, are. You're, you're doing a demons. lot of work. You got to get that power chode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the other two brothers rendered service uh, to the one practicing for one week. The youngest two went to whatever demon haunt. The older brother went and kept his camp in order to make sure he had enough provisions, yada, yada. Uh, after the week was up, the two returned home to uh, see to things. And then after a week, the middle brother would go check on the oldest one. When he returned to the place, his older, uh, older brother was... A fear unlike anything he'd ever felt before spontaneously came over him. He approached the tent, but he heard nothing at all, uh, and everything appeared quiet. He called to his older brother in a quiet voice, I've come to bring you food. But no one gave an answer at all. Then a feeling, uh, feeling afraid, he opened the tent door and looked inside. There he saw his older brother dead, with blood coming out of his nose. Now the circumstances of the older brother's death were frightening, but totally obscure. In line with his previous vows, the next brother decided to stay at the camp. After a week, the youngest brother came to look after his middle brother. As he neared the camp, an unbearable feeling of fear and panic, unlike anything he had experienced before, came over him. Not daring to open the tent, he called out his middle brother's name in a loud voice, but no one answered. Even more afraid, he opened the tent door. Uh, suddenly, looking inside, he saw his older and middle brother both, with blood coming out of their noses, dead. When he examined uh, the tent, he discovered there was there were indistinct letters written in blood on the outside. Uh, when he looked closely, it said, "The milk isn't fit for drinking." Or nog. Not only was the youngest brother unable to make sense of the matter, but <clears throat> it's significant. Uh, see, its significance seemed uh, to be quite esoteric. Now the youngest brother was left alone with no idea what to do. Both of his older uh, older brothers were dead. Uh, he really wanted to know the cause of his brother's death, but given he had little more than don't drink the milk to go on, he really didn't know a clear way of knowing how his brothers had died. So he stayed, he stayed right there and practiced. He divided his practice into six day and night sessions. He chanted for three successive days and then 
three successive nights. And from the first day until the seventh day, by the way, seven is an important number in Buddhism. It's like everything. Sure. Uh, there were no movements or disturbances at all, and everything seemed quite still. On the evening of the seventh day after the sun set, he applied himself to the practice of Cho. His practice, his practice <laughs> session done. <laughs> his practice session done. He went to sleep and focused his attention on the practice of dream yoga. A little after falling asleep, hearing he heard a woman singing, and woke up. Uh, however, when he got up, not only had the sun risen, but it was almost afternoon. And he was astonished that the sun uh, could have come up after he had slept for such a short time. He applied himself to his chode practice as usual. After a little bit, voices and clamor seemed to fill the valley. Going outside of his tent, he looked and saw a nomad raising a horn and a woman singing with a beautiful voice. And they were herding some cattle and sheep uh, as they approached. After... After a little while, the nomad family erected their tent close to his. Now I have neighbors, he thought, which isn't really so unfortunate. After all, my both my brothers have died, so it's not so bad to have somebody to talk to about how sad I am. Thinking this, he again applied himself to the practice. A little while later, the singing woman came to him. Nagpala, please have some milk. I've just collected, she said. The chupa. Uh, greatly pleased, took upon the milk, and he started to drink. Then he suddenly remembered the cryptic message, the milk isn't fit for drinking. <laughs> the nog. <laughs> the nog. Then he started to wonder. <laughs> the woman who had given him the milk became nervous. This woman is a demoness, he thought, and then he threw the milk in her face. And then with a great cry, the woman disappeared without a trace. The demoness's uh, magic illusion destroyed, and it changed back to nighttime, and everything was quiet again. Now at last he realized clearly that his two older brothers had died because of the demoness and the milk or nog. That's there you go. So that's the story. And read was, before entering the cave of demons. Read the warning on the outside of the wall. <laughs> read especially if you see a warning about milk written in blood, and then some <laughs> random lady walks up to you singing with some milk and tries to give you the milk. I like basically <laughs> any warning written in blood, I take a little extra serious. <laughs> yeah, no. But I like how it's I feel like one, this was like a really rough translation, and then uh from some like old buddhist text and i think it came from like maybe they said the third century bc they don't know and a, a lot of it's going to be oral history and yeah. you know these, these these stories are people just telling so you you had a meditation practice of losing the ego and so they kind of simplified it into three, three brothers and came up with a lame story and it probably yeah. got lamer over time. Uh, and then the translation, the guy might have been a little lazy and like cut out some more interesting parts. Or just uh, don't don't get take the free milk from the pretty lady singing. <laughs> like, yeah, well, lit. and he was lonely. It's like I need to tell somebody how sad I am. He's sitting there meditating with his like <laughs> two brothers. You know, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I oh, probably that's a good story. Yeah, maybe. It had three brothers in it. That's why I saw it. We'll see. Maybe Chris can do some editing magic on it. I mean, at the very least, people should take away from this that they should watch the movie Rain for the Quest for Fire. I don't um, know if that's not, the, not my number one film recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so y'all's were good. But uh, let's move on to the future, which I will say is really hard to talk about future ghosts. 
Future ghost stories is a tough one. I'm glad I didn't get. I did it on purpose because you volunteer night shifts. Yeah, because on night shift I need something to do. I mean, I'm busy. I'm running around. I'm taking care of people and doing all this stuff. But in the interim between it, it's it's four in the morning or two in the morning, and I need uh, something to go to. So I was looking up future ghosts and trying to think of an angle on this, and I'll tell you why it's hard to do any research on it. Uh, Ghosts of the Future is a very, very popular fan fiction Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Yes. And if you Google that, (laughs) it's the only thing that pops up. It is very well done fan fiction that is now published many episodes, and they're saying it's better Sonic the Hedgehog, the game or the movie or the cartoon the cartoon it's character the it's it's it is a common blue hedgehog, it is Sonic the hedgehog it's all the same they do lore. fan fiction but it's it's so well done that would that it be assume the google search what about like gummy bear fan fiction do you think that exists i'm i'm certain like the cartoon yes. gummy bears or the like cartoon the gummy bears i was watching that with jack and i forgot about gummy, and you and, and me it's pretty rad and somebody probably could write some fan fiction on gummy bears right so um <laughs> yeah. another thing is future ghost and future ghosts plural those are both separate indie bands from about 11 12 years ago <sighs> And there's also a techno yeah. band that wrote a song called Future Ghost. So if you're curious about those, look it up. So in the um, in this the take of Scrooge being visited by the ghost of the future, that's that's sort of the approach that I'm taking, and and that it's it's a warning, it's a caution, it's uh, paying attention to the now to um, better predict the future. So you. Uh, not predict the future like you're you're taking care of yourself you're, you're altering the the bleak future and making it more palatable there is no fate except for what we make ourselves <laughs> yeah there is no fate but what we make no fate no fate but what we make okay so um one thing i i have to look up my notes because this this isn't really funny the way that i did it so it's just it's more of a this is going to be one of my more philosophical thought things. So I'm going to I'm going to do a quick word exercise with you guys. OK. Um, I'm going to ha- ask you to consider the following words. Tired, bed, awake, rest, dream, night, blanket, doze, slumber, snore, pillow, peace, yawn and dozy. All right. Considered. Considered? Mm-hmm. All right. So did I say the word blanket? No. No. I did. Blanket was on the list. Damn. Did mm. I say the word point? No. I did not. Did mm. I say the word sleep? No. no. You're correct. I did not. So you two actually fucked up but did better than the majority of people <laughs> we, we scored so a you, 66 you, i absolutely attracts, said attracts for a bell <laughs> i absolutely yeah. said blanket i said blanket and you were like you didn't say blanket i wasn't so the, paying attention until like the fourth word though uh so the the whole point is that like i clearly didn't say point but I was talking about sleep. I did not say sleep. Uh, but yeah. the 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 association is how our, our memory works, and it's um, 
it's it's this false recognition that that creates these these memories that, that never existed in the first place but because you associated it with all this other stuff you just lumped it in it's also why people have a really hard time uh identifying people or recalling memory and like courts mm-hmm. and stuff or um even timothy mcveigh right before he bombed it they're interviewing people in the in the area and they're like this mechanic was like i saw him he was with somebody he had an accomplice he had an accomplice but he didn't he was thinking of the day before somebody with a similar build had a friend and it's just the association will tie yeah. some things together yeah yeah there's a whole article about that i'm not going to get into but it was like uh um like the unre- the unreliable witness for sure right but it's called constructive memory um because you're putting putting pieces together to create a whole and sometimes you don't need all the pieces to know what the picture is and that's sort of the the mindset that i'm looking into to get into this because ghosts of the future are 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 arguably being created based on our our interactions and our decisions that we're making right now not just our our personal ghost of us turning into a ghost but the ghosts that we see, the ghosts that we recognize, or the the ghost of uh, our our present that are, are yet to be ghosts, yeah. like in the future, what what are you going to recognize? What what pieces are you using to construct their their whole? And my example is uh, uh, let, let's pretend you had a, a neighbor that's Crazy Dave, and Crazy Dave was always yelling and angry, and he was a bizarre person, and he died by falling out of a window trying to throw a cat at the moon. Um, Classic so, Dave. Right? And so just picture your memory of Dave. You don't really know him. Maybe you even just heard of him. But I'm what picturing do, the cat a lot right now. Well, I mean, the cat is part of Dave's memory, right? He's part of that constructive memory. But what I've I've decided to it's like a totem, almost like a like a voodoo doll that's just a blank slate of Dave, and you might have a couple features that he's crazy. So like an emoji, right? The crazy emoji with the, like the eyes going around. Mm-hmm. But it's basic. Maybe he wore a pot for a hat, and so it's just a ball with a pot for a hat, and maybe there's a kitty thing, and that's that's his ghost. That's his future ghost, based on your perception of him. Um, but the the more you get to uh, maybe know him, or if you'd taken the chance to realize he was, uh, Crazy Dave was an unappreciated genius who hid <laughs> in his basement and he he actually solved, I don't have to, he actually solved uh, perpetual motion, but his cat spilled coffee on the formula and that's why he was like throwing the, the cat, cat at the moon or whatever, because yeah. it ruined everything. So maybe if you knew, uh, were walking through your yard and you thought you saw somebody in the basement and you're like, what is that? But you didn't associate with get Dave, but maybe it was absolutely his ghost or his spirit in the basement. But he was he was drawing on a chalkboard, this mathematical equation. You wouldn't recognize that at Dave. Um, and I'm only bringing this up because it's the 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 details of our present are going to create the ideas and the memories of of our ghosts in the future this like i said the constructive memory is the best uh term for it or like the uh, memories that are passed on right like well, if like we might not know the day dave but our parents knew dave and they told us stories of dave and then right and it's it's what what passing these stories on does is it creates uh anticipation and pattern recognition 
So if you saw, uh, if you knew about Crazy Dave's experiments in in the basement, then you'd anticipate that something moving down there might be a spirit or something like, so you'd be able to recognize it and associate with them. But um, another maybe more personal way to tie ourselves to this idea is Nate's ghost of Mary Ford. They don't know Mary Ford, uh, but the the things that just sort of show up are blue, blue dress, woman, like the basic items of your totem. You can't turn that into a lifelike doll that looks like Mary Ford, the ghost that haunts Nate and Mary's house. But now retrospectively, you're adding information because Mary's done all the research and you're learning about this person. So now maybe you see her where she died or in the hallway or more detailed or things that she likes since you get you get mm-hmm. this thing. So she's a ghost of the past that is now a part of Nate's present. And it, to her, it was the future. Right. But she's sort of been stripped down to this um, this icon. I guess my point is like the more you know someone or the more you're exposed to them, it could be anything or the, the more attention to detail. Yeah. You're applying emotion to your little totem of this person. You're instead of a, the, the the voodoo doll, you're getting a, a little statue of them. And so that's that's their ghost. That's and maybe you don't need to see them or you, you recognize them in a way that it's not like a haunting. It's or you have time to turn it around. Like in Scrooge, his future ghost showed him his own grave and how all these awful things happened and died around him. So he turned around and he started being nice. I'm trying to be less dramatic with it. It's, yeah. You, the the ghosts of the future, you just need to pay attention to this, the the items that you're building in your brain, not just. Yeah. With friends well, I mean, and family, you also but... bring up something that makes sense to me that, because you got the impossible task of ghosts of the future and I do like the idea of like kind of the timelessness of ghosts. So like the ghosts of the past are still going to be the same ghosts of the future. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, like after we're dead and gone, maybe the ghost of Mary Ford is still haunting that house. You know what I mean? So like that's a it's another thing that um, to make it personal, it's if you were talking about our own ghost. Yeah, it's how it's what we need to pay attention to is what what's your little icon what's your little ball of memory look like in your children's brain well, or your co-workers or your you like imprint it? your imprint on the the this plane of existence yeah yeah that's like, i'm wondering your stone like, house that you live in and... but your imprint is going to be different for everybody everybody knows a different version of you even just slightly that's like maybe if you see an orb floating through a house that's haunted all you see is orb because you have no imprint from that person Whereas somebody that was born in the 50s and knew them, they may not see an orb. Maybe they see a blue dress moving around because their imprint's different. So what do you call the uh, the telekinetic or the 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 imprint on objects, like ghosty imprints on objects? Chris, you might know it. I can't tell. Uh, tachometry or? T- yeah, it's something like that. <clears throat> My wife's artwork. You know, like 300 years from now, one of her paintings is going to be somewhere, you know, all the, anything out stupid outside, I might've carved a bear out of a tree, but that would have rotted away, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. or right. uh, a gnome village in the woods or whatever I did, it's going to be long gone in 300 years, but somebody might have one of Mary's paintings. And so does that count? And and that have part of her imprint or. Yeah. You well, know. I think it's called, 
well there's there's it's i think it's tachometry i'd have to look it up but there's stone tape theory which is yeah funny. the stone tape's awesome chris for uh i was at a christmas party tonight i did go to the new york one but i went to the virginia one or Richmond uh-huh. one for one of my committees and they had a buffet <laughs> buffet out right and uh-huh. the buffet had like falafel balls <laughs> uh deep fried coconut shrimp and then chicken skewers. I just like I'm just saying after my eighth coconut shrimp, like tempura coconut shrimp thing, I was like, man, these are good. And then like the lady came around, it's like we're closing. Do you want to have a box to take some home? And I was like, why? Yes, I do. And so <laughs> people were still getting like with their plates, like getting the stuff out. And I came and I like just took one the the, Ch- the Chinese food box. It was pretty big. And I stuffed it full of as many fried coconut shrimp as I could. You just, and then, like, you just couldn't and then, give like, up the shrimp. You stuck with the it, shrimp. Squeezed it shut. And then I uh, came home. I was like, come on, Mary. You want some coconut shrimp? So I don't know what tele, uh, telemetry is. <laughs> stone, whatever <laughs> stone, stone, tape tape, theory. stone tape theory I did to the shrimp. But uh, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I don't think it's the same thing. Or like somebody's like some ghost hunter in like 50 years from now is going to be at Havana 59 with the detector. It was like, I'm getting thousands of screaming souls. There's are <laughs> oh, salty yeah. little souls that are screaming. <laughs> and there's some it's... redheaded monster that's destroying them. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. Off topic, sorry. Uh, now, it's fine because like I feel like my future ghost point was completely nonsensical and just sort of... It's it, just, was, uh... it was great. Don't... Don't... Your 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 story Tim reminded me of the that movie A Ghost Story with Casey Affleck. Did you ever watch that? That movie's great. Yeah, but it's kind of the same thing. Like the ghost, it's like the husband and or it's a couple, and he dies and comes back as his ghost. But then like sits there. He's a literal like sheet over his body. Yeah, like a classic looking sheet, which is his death shroud. Oh yes. And he's just like watching her live on with her life and move on, and then. The house becomes goes away and falls down, and then the city builds up around him, and he's just kind of watching the world go by and w- deep into the future. And then it gets really far in the future, and he like jumps off this tall building where his house used to be. And then when he hits the ground, it's suddenly like the 1800s, uh, and it's the same place. And he kind of goes through the whole thing again because he wants to see the message that she wrote down that he never saw. So he like relives like another time. cycle of like 300 years as a ghost just to see what um was written that he missed uh, in his lifetime that's awesome i remember yeah, it's now. kind of yeah, kind yeah. of good and very like very cinematic Indeed. the uh uh the other movie tim uh had his uh giant tattoo of two um the fountain the fountain yeah. it was kind of like past yep. present and future i thought about that and scrooge the ghost of scrooge ghost of christmas future i thought was awesome the oh, 1988 yeah. film with uh, bill murray of course the best rend- rendition of charles dickens classic immortal classic <laughs> your mo- watch it your life may depend on it <laughs> they show all the tv commercials Anyway, I uh well thanks for joining us for this year's Christmas special. I I had a good time. Don't forget to email us about those coins, wizard at dwarfview.com, or if you have any ghost stories, we'll take all of them. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We won't turn down a ghost story. Yeah, just write us at wizard at dwarfview.com. You can find us 
at all your podcatchers. Um, and uh, I guess that's it. We're not doing the um, joke tavern during the Christmas season. That's our gift to you guys, our listeners. But but we could replay that uh, the nog recipe over and over again, or um, read off the ingredients. Oh yeah, we could. Well, we I could just read off the the ingredients in like an Alexa voice or something as we yeah. go to to credits. It's kind of like the the twelve egg whites beaten, <laughs> two cups of milk, <laughs> heavy whipping. I remember it. I just made it. Do you want me to try to sing that real quick before we yeah. go? Yeah, yes. do it. Uh, okay. If you want to make wizard eggnog, just go along with my freestyle right now. Get a bunch of giant bowls and six eggs. Separate them yolks in the beater. Beat the yolks with three quarters cups of sugar. Then take the yolks out of that bowl and put it in a different bowl. And then add one cup of heavy cream, one cup of half and half, two cups of whole milk, then two cups of booze. Make it whiskey, not bourbon, but that pisses people off. So whatever in the splash of cognac. But wait, take the egg whites, beat them till firm. Add the rest of the quarter cup of sugar and then keep beating it and then mix it with all the other shit and then put it in a mason jar and let it sit for a day or two. You could drink it right away, but it's better if you wait so it has time to set. I actually prefer fresh when it's so airy. Not big. I like, I like it fresh.